Good morning, everyone. Uh, Brother Chris is not here this morning, so I'm going to be filling in for him this Sunday. And uh, and before we uh, get into our lesson this morning, let's do go to the Lord in prayer once again. Father, we thank you for this time to study your word, and we just ask you, Lord, to help us, uh, Lord, understand the truth of your word today. Lord, may we feed upon your word and uh, help me to accurately present it this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Uh, I was, as I was coming to church this morning, I was listening to some Christmas carols. So it's, it's, I love Christmas carols, and you know, which focus on the, the first advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, this time before Christmas is often called Advent, not the Christmas season, really, uh, traditionally. But it's really, while we focus on, really focus on, you know, the, the first advent of Christ, it's also a good time to focus on the second advent of Christ, the second coming, which is coming. Uh, just as our Lord Jesus Christ came in humility at Bethlehem, he is coming in great glory at his second advent. And the second coming of Christ and the events have been very divisive in Christianity and has been for so many years. Uh, and that's sad. Uh, and most of it has to do with the details uh, surrounding it. But I believe if we get to the very essence of it, most believers, I would say all believers, should agree with the basics of what's going to happen. Now, what happened, though, is so often in my generation and your generation, we've, we've had things such as the back in the 70s, the late great planet Earth. Uh, and, and it kind of, it ta to me, the, such things as the late great planet Earth left behind stuff that's really, well, bad theology, but also it, uh, it, it seems to focus more on evil and upon the devil. And we're not looking for the coming of Antichrist. We're looking for the coming of Christ. Right. Let's remember that. I remember back in 1988, there was a book put out by some guy up in Arkansas called 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Come in 1988. It was going to be September 21st, something like that. I still remember it. And, he, of course, Jesus didn't come. Then he revised it, said his calculations were off, and it was 89 reasons why Jesus would come in 1989. You can look it up on the Internet. But I remember it. I even Somebody even made me the book, and, of course, I didn't read it. I mean, it's, it's, it was just junk. Uh, uh, but since this is a catechism class, I'm not going to deal with what Brother Chris has been dealing with, but I do want to start off by a quotation from the 1644 London Baptist Confession of Faith, Article 20, which deals with the second coming of Christ. And, and it reads, This kingdom, that is Christ's kingdom, shall be fully perfected when he shall the second time come in glory to reign among the saints and to be admired of all them which believe when he shall put down all rule and authority under his feet. 
that is a great quotation. Uh, this kingdom shall be fully perfected then. And of course, the kingdom has come, as John the Baptist was saying, as Jesus was saying. Uh, but while the kingdom has come, it will be fully perfected. All enemies of God will someday be put down. And that will happen at the second coming. And then, uh, as it states... He will come again in glory to reign among the saints to be admired of all them which believe. And He will put down all rule and authority under His feet. And I just want to entitle this lesson uh, Meditations on the Second Advent of Christ. And there are four things that we need to believe about the Second Coming of Christ. However you want to put it. Uh, but first of all, we all should know, if we're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you need to know this, Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus is returning. And we're going to look at some scriptures for every one of these points. Uh, first of all, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16. And verses 24 through 27, where the Lord Jesus said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose it for who whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Now, the first thing you'll notice here is Jesus talking about that he calls us to be cross-bearers. Cross There's no cheap grace and then, after this, in verse 27, he talks about the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels and reward every man according to his works. Of course, faith without works is dead. Brother Jimmy's been going through the, the book of James. And uh, while we're not saved by our works, works are a fruit of our faith. And I believe that's what we're seeing here. Uh, the Son of Man's coming back, Jesus is stating, to reward every man according to his works. Faith without works is dead. And now go to uh, Matthew chapter 25, one verse here in verse 31. Again, our Lord Jesus is talking. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then he, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. The Son of Man will come in His glory with His angels, it states here, and He's going to sit upon His throne of glory. And if you read the rest of it, this is the, talking about the separation of the sheep and the goat. There's coming a day of judgment. My friends, we all know this. When Christ will judge this world, He will judge all men and women. Uh, these who blaspheme Him and 
uh, today. Oh, how they need to read these words, knowing that they're going to stand before Almighty God someday and answer Him. And then go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And this is right after Jesus ascended. And notice what, it's, what the Scripture states here in Acts 1, verses 9 through 11. And when He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up, and a cloud received Him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee... Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So again, the emphasis, Jesus is coming again. He's coming, and you'll notice, visibly. Visibly. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, we've had problems here with these some cults where some guy will claim he is Jesus. No, you're not Jesus. Jesus is coming visibly from the clouds. Uh, there will be false Christ, Jesus warned us. Uh, but he is coming visibly from in the clouds in great glory. The scripture here is very clear. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 13 through 18. Another scripture making it clear that Jesus is coming visibly and for his saints. And these are words of encouragement. You'll notice how Paul phrases it here. He says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Beautiful words. If you've had loved ones who've, who are in Christ, who have died, these are encouraging words, encouraging words for us and for, to know that we're going to be with them. For he says, we're not like those without no hope. Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent. And that word prevent is an old English word that we really don't use anymore. We use it differently than the, the King James translators, but it means proceed. Shall not proceed them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with, ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. These are comforting words for us. Yeah, and so we've seen that Jesus is coming back. He's coming to bring judgment upon evil. And here we see He's also coming for His saints. 
that to be at the great uh, resurrection. And, and so here we establish that Jesus Christ is coming back uh, the second time. Now the second thing that we need to know is we don't know when. <laughs> it's very important. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Some people have been date setting. We, like I mentioned earlier, they date set. They put times uh, of when Christ is coming. And uh, that's not right to date set or, you know, you know, when is Jesus coming back? When, when do you believe that? Well, that, that question has been asked. It was asked in the Bible. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And this is, again, this is right before uh, the ascension of Christ. It says, And when they were therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the season, which the Father hath put in his own power. Well, do you believe it's time? Or is it, do you know when it's going to happen? It's not for me to know. It's very clear. Scripture says it's not for you. Now, we're not apostles. And these were apostles. Jesus said it's not for you to know. And it's not for me to know and you to know. So quit trying to do the date setting. Well, it's never been like this bad before. Well, it's, it's been pretty bad before, folks. <laughs> it's been pretty bad, believe me. Uh, there's been a lot of people... Oh, back in the early 1800s when Napoleon was conquering most of Europe, there's a lot of Christians thought Napoleon was the Antichrist. Turned out he wasn't. And then in World War II, man, he had Adolf Hitler. Uh, I mean, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, all these guys. Mm -hmm. seemed, I mean, you had also had Stalin, all this. Seemed like it was a bad time. But they weren't. And now we're saying, boy, I tell you, we've never seen fighting like this in the Middle East that's going on right now. Well, they've been fighting for a long time over there. You go back to 1948 when the modern nation of Israel came. They've been fighting. They fought in the 1940s. They fought in the 1950s. 1967 war. 1973 war. Now again, don't use current headlines to give you theology advice uh, because a lot of people have done that over years and, and it always turns out wrong. Use the scriptures and look for the coming of Christ, not for the coming of Antichrist. Uh, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 42 Looking again at the Lord Jesus Christ's words. Uh, but of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and, and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man 
be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men, women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Notice, you don't know the hour. You don't know the day. You don't know the time period. No date setting. And he says it's going to be just like the days of Noah. What was going on in the days of Noah? Just what's going on today. And as always, hey, they're, they're, what was it say? They were eating, drinking, going out to eat, marrying, giving in marriage. It seemed like normal. And they knew not till the flood came. And that's how the world's going to be caught off guard. This world will be. No one knows the day. No one knows the hour. And uh, we must be careful on that because so many have, uh, I think it does a disservice to try to do all this date setting. And it's just wrong. It's scripturally wrong. And that brings the third point is be ready. Be ready. Be ready for the return of the Lord. Staying right here in Matthew 24, go to verse 44. What did Jesus say? Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Be ready. Don't, uh, don't try to, you know, so many there... Uh, are focusing on the wrong thing when it comes to the Lord's return. They're trying to do all the date setting and they're trying to figure out, get these big charts and show this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen. And I'll remind you that everybody, I think everybody, uh, when it came to the Lord's first advent, how many of them understood what was happening when the Lord came the first time? They thought they were looking for a conquering Messiah. They didn't had no idea who's coming to the cross, um, and, and so we got to be careful, but focus on the basics. You know, the Lord's coming. <laughs> number two, we don't know when, and now number three, be ready, be ready. This is what Jesus is stating here: be ready for His return. Um, in First um, Thessalonians. Chapter 5. I got a lot of scriptures here, but we're not going to be able to uh, go over all of them today. Uh, but let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Again, we hear this from now from the Apostle Paul. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. He's saying, no need for I write unto you about the times and seasons. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Talking about the world here. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness of the day, should overtake you as a thief. Now, he's not saying that you will know the time of his return, but that we as Christians should be living 
like that Jesus will return at any moment. That's the meaning. Fighting sin in our own lives. Sharing the gospel with others. It shouldn't t overtake us as a thief. The, look, the reason it's going to take the world back a thief, they're going to be continuing doing the same thing they're doing now. They're going to be going up to Walmart and buying everything they can. They're going to be going out every night to eat. They're going to be uh, doing, living it up for the world. Not thinking about God. Not Hey, most people are not in church today, are they? Uh, most people, they could care less about church. It's going to overtake them like a thief. And notice verse 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now, the watching is not talking about getting up on a mountain looking for the skies to open up. It means to be living for Christ with our hearts on him like he may return at any time. Notice verse 7. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a, for a helmet the hope of salvation. Put on the full armor of God daily. Fight against your sin. Live for Christ. Getting the word. Stay in prayer. That's what Christians are to do. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. All this judgment that's coming upon the world. The second coming is not something fearful for us, but something glorious for us to look for. Notice for who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. In other words, comfort yourself with these truths, knowing that the Lord is returning, and be ready. Live every day, like Christ will return, uh, and and uh, and don't live for yourselves. And there's other scriptures that I could give, but we'll run out of time. But you can that if you want to write down Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13 of the the ten virgins. You know, five five were not. You know, five got caught off guard. Five were were not. We're waiting. Uh, you can look at Luke 12, verses 35 through 40. Look at those scriptures uh, that we should be ready. The emphasis there in Matthew 25, the emphasis in Luke 12, be ready. And the fourth point is that we all should be excited about the second coming of Christ. It should be on our mind. I think sometimes... And I'm talking preaching to myself here that we we don't think about it like we should. That hey, everything's just going to go on and on and on. But we should be looking toward that day. We can disagree on some of the, you know, some of the details, but on these basics, we should all agree, my friends. Some of the last words in the Bible were in Revelation 22. Verse 20, the next to last verse. 
What did the Apostle John write? He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Jesus is coming quickly. Amen, John writes. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Now that's, some, that's a great short prayer. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. This is not our home. This home that we're in is a temporary one. It's filled, full of a lot of strife and evil and sin. It's hard. It really is. It's hard. It's a hard world that we live in. But our desire should be for what's waiting us. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 16.22, I'm not going there, but you're probably familiar with those words he says near the end of that uh, there in verse 6 and verse 22. Maranatha. Maranatha means our Lord come. Please come, Lord. We're looking toward your coming. In Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, Verses 11 through 13. Again, looking at the Apostle Paul. Paul states, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. This is how we're to live. Uh, and notice, as we live for Christ, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that, the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We look toward that day. That should be something on our minds we're thinking about. And sometimes we're all guilty of not looking toward that day. Of, uh, and we got our mind on the things of this world. But this world is going to come to an end, this fallen world. A new world is coming. A new, uh, a, a new age is coming. When I say new age, I don't mean like in a, you know, some sort of uh, Hindu way. I mean Christ is coming. With, he's, gonna, he's coming back, my friends, a second time. And this old world will come to an end and a new heavens and a new earth awaits. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul once again, we're reading from here in his letter to the church of Philippi, states, for our conversation, that word conversation means our lifestyle, is in heaven. That's what we should be looking toward each and every day. I've heard, what's that saying? You know, some people are no, uh, I'm trying to, or to no earthly good because they're too heavenly minded. It's been my experience that it's the exact opposite. Most people don't have their minds on heaven. Uh, uh, our, you know, we should be thinking of heaven each and every day. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ is coming again. Now, we may not always understand everything here, folks. I don't understand everything, every detail. No one does. But I do know, number one, Jesus is coming back. 
Number two, we don't know when. Number three, be ready. And number four, we should all be looking for that day that's coming. Amen. And Amen. May the Lord, as uh, to, to close out, I close out with John's words in, in Revelation 22. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we are, most of us are looking toward the, uh, at this time of year, looking and focusing on your first, on the first advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, help us also to look toward that second advent, Lord, that, that is coming. And uh, when this evil world, Lord, will have justice brought down upon it, by our great God and Savior Jesus Christ and when all the saints will be gathered together in unity and Lord and there will be a new heavens and a new earth oh Lord we look for that day and we do say come Lord Jesus in his name I pray Amen